United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. I am Dean Linky, and this is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. And today, I gladly hand over the podcast keys to Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches, as we've got a big-time show. The association is celebrating 80 years, and we're starting to put a special focus on education, coaching education, and those that paved the way. So Ian Barker sits down with Nancy Feldman, the longtime coach of Boston University, who's also received the Long-Term Service Award for her work in college soccer. She is a multiple conference coach of the year. She is beloved by the association, and she is one of the legends of the game. Speaking of legends, also joining that conversation about United Soccer Coaches coaching education is Shellis Heinemann, who will retire this year officially. He was a legend at SMU. He was an MLS Coach of the Year for FC Dallas. He's in the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame, and he'll be in many Hall of Fames. Meanwhile, he'll continue to support the association, I am guessing, even in retirement. Ian, Nancy, Shellis, reminisce, and you don't want to miss it. And to wrap up the show, Ian Barker and Trish Hughes, the new Director of College Programs of United Soccer Coaches, who you met on this podcast just a few weeks ago, are joined by Brianna Welch of Brianna Welch Coaching and Consulting LLC. Brianna Welch, who was a great runner at Duke and still runs competitively. What is Brianna Welch about? Well, let me just tell you. Through identity development, culture transforming programming, and personalized coaching and mentorship, Her mission is to empower individuals and organizations to shift the norm and redefine our communities so they are built on values of authenticity, diversity, and inclusion, agency, and interconnection. That is just the tip of the iceberg with Ian, Trish, and Brianna Welch. That's our show, and it starts after this message from TeamSnap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I am Dean Linke, delighted to be with you today and delighted to, as I said in the open, give the keys to Ian Barker. As Ian Barker, in the first two segments, as we celebrate 80 years of the association, we put the spotlight on coaching education, courtesy of Sean Chevro, does a great job as the director of marketing. This is a great stroll down memory road with Ian Barker and Nancy Feldman, who is an incredible coach, longtime coach at Boston University, longtime staff coach. She recently won the Long-Term Service Award named after Bill Jeffrey for her service to the college game. She is a true treasure, as is Shellis Heinemann, who is going to wrap up his coaching career this year at Grand Canyon. This after amazing success at his alma mater, Eastern Illinois, at SMU, with FC Dallas, where he was the Major League Soccer Coach of the Year. He's a United Soccer Coaches 
Hall of Famer, and steering the conversation will be Ian Barker. But before I turn it over to Ian, I say hello to two of my favorites. First, Nancy Feldman. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dean. Really happy to be here with you and Ian and Shellis, two of my coaching education mentors, and I always love speaking about coaching education. And I say hello to Shellis Heinemann. Shellis, welcome to the show. Definitely my pleasure, Dean. It's my pleasure to be here with Nancy and Ian as well. And as we celebrate 80 years of the association, we put the special focus on education. So we have to have the director of coaching education, Ian Barker, to lead this discussion with our esteemed guests, Nancy Feldman and Shellis Hyman. With that, Ian Barker, the director of coaching education, it's my honor to share the show with you today on multiple levels. Thanks, Dean. I appreciate it. And again, it's always nice to be with Shellis and Nancy in some coaching soccer education discussion. Usually it's in a hotel in Florida at a course, yeah. maybe sitting across a cup of coffee or maybe even an adult beverage. But today it's um, in, in our Zoom world. And what's really interesting is that both Shellis and Nancy are going into postseason play this week. And it's April, it's not November or December, when normally Division One coaches would be going into postseason. So we're quite lucky to get Shellis and Nancy because their NCAA Division One seasons are actually active right now in this just weird pandemic world. And before I start with the first question for Nancy and Shellis, my premier diploma, it's Shellis's autograph on it because at the time Shellis was the director of coaching education. So my premier diploma is autographed by Shellis. So what I thought we'd do just to kind of kick it off is, is start off with some sort of history. We'll go ladies first in this case. So I'm going to ask Nancy and Shellis, can I ask you both the same question just to share with us a little bit about the first courses you took or how you got involved as a candidate in Coach Ed, and then a little bit about your first opportunity to teach, and then we'll get into some more color after that. So Nancy, we'll start with you. What was it like being a candidate? It was a long time ago, but I do remember it. So it was in the mid eighties. I had started coaching after college and then a, a coaching colleague in New Hampshire, John Skelton, let me know about this organization and that they did coaching education. And um, it was at the time that I was trying to pretty much figure out that I wanted to be a coaching professional. I signed up for a course in Florida and um, I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, when I got down there in 1986, the late Tom Fleck picked me up at the airport and, and it was in, it, it, he was great. His family was great. They had me hang out at their house before the course started. But once the course started, I have to tell you, it was a little intimidating. Um, and when I said, I don't know what I didn't know, I think it opened my eyes to methodology. I had been a science major, pre-med major in college, and I had no idea what the teaching progression or teaching methodology was. So I learned a lot. It was, get, it was like I was getting in that week, I was getting a four-year education in um, teaching process, as well as um, the finer details of teaching soccer technique and tactic. It was did you fund yourself on the first course? Were you a young coach that had to dig into your own pocket? I did. I did fund myself for, I do believe I funded myself for all my coaching education courses, not so much the convention. I was able to get the schools that I worked for to pay for that, but the coaching education, I was on my own dime. I carried on into the um, C license, uh, so I crisscrossed a little bit with U.S. soccer, and then I went for my advanced national, and then I got my B. Yeah, so every step of the way, it, it got uh, less intimidating. I felt more prepared, but it also, every step of the way, it stretched me, and there was no course I took that didn't, that, that I felt like, oh, I got this, and every step of the way, I, I knew I was putting myself in an environment that was going to stretch me, and I also knew that, um, particularly with United Soccer Coaches, then NSCAA, that I was going to be supported 
by both um, peers that were taking the course, but also by the staff. Off air, we were discussing, and, and you said the first course you took, there were 60 candidates and you were the only woman. When you became an instructor, you were kind of a pioneer along with people like Janet Rayfield and Sue Ryan. But how did you get involved in the teaching? After the advanced national, I was heading home. I remember it very distinctly on uh, I-91 from Amherst. And um, I got a phone call from Tip, Jeff Tipping, asking if I might be interested in being an apprentice at a course um, or at courses. Because I think um, at that time, I, I think that the staff wasn't particularly diverse and more women and people of color and you know non-English speaking were starting to, they, I mean, one, starting to take the courses, but two, I think the United Soccer Coaches, then NSCA, wanted to attract a greater pool. I was thrilled to get the phone call. I was uh, surprised, but I was thrilled. And, um, and the apprenticeship, you know, took a little bit for me to feel, again, that confidence that, I mean, there, there were some tremendous um, instructors that I was joining and with a lot of experience. And it is its own skill. It's not coaching players. It's coaching coaches is, is a whole different skill. And I always felt like, you know, I, I, I didn't quite measure up, but I kept after it. And, and as I was as a participant or as a candidate, just getting the support of colleagues as I grew and developed uh, my skill of coaching education that helped significantly. I think, I think you make a good point because I don't think necessarily good players necessarily become good coaches. And I think we all know some very, very good coaches who don't have a particular inclination or a particular vocation to be coach educators. So in, in the same way that an effective player isn't necessarily an effective coach, I don't think an effective coach is necessarily an effective educator of coaches. So Shellis, do you want to share a little bit about your experiences as a candidate and then how you got into the other side of it as an instructor? I got into coaching as a candidate when I was playing with the Cincinnati Comets. It was the old ASL League, 1975. And my coach, Dr. Caporo, said to me, hey, listen, they're doing a coaching course up the road. Would you like to join? We could use some young players to get run. And that was Detmar Kramer, who, who was teaching the course. I was not taking the course. I was just participating in but it turned my attention to getting educated in the coaching field. I went to Brazil right after that and spent two years in Sao Paulo doing what they call an estagio. Now I was a candidate. So I spent two years learning the Brazilian coaching license. And then when I came back, I was on vacation. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm the head coach at my alma mater, East Illinois. A great school, fantastic memories, wonderful players and people. But the first course I took in the United States was um, the Federation course. I took the B license and then I took the A license. And echoing what uh, Nancy had said, it is a different world. You really learn about the game, how to set up a training session, why you set up the training sessions the way you do, the management of the exercise. There are so many things that I learned and understand I was already a college coach. Hmm. Prior to those courses, I think most of us fall in this category. Prior to those courses, I coached the way I, I was coached without understanding the reasons why I just more of a soccer player coach. Then I went to England, did a coaching course there. So I've been around a little bit with the coaching courses. I love them. I feel like my methodology has put me in a position now where I understand the game better than I understood the game as a player. And who brought you on to the, the teaching stuff? Uh, Nancy tracks back to Jeff Tipping. I track back to Jim Launder and Tim Carter. Who got you involved in the teaching side of things? Mike Berticelli. Yeah, Mike Berticelli brought me in. 
And um, it was a, an exciting time. At that time, you had to do apprentice courses. You had to be on staff, just watch how everything is done. My roommate was uh, Mooch Meyernick. So I was surrounded by some really good people, people that uh, the team of Lokalskis, the Barry Gormans, uh, Bert Parsons, Bob Gansler, Tom Fleck. You know, I mean, there were so many good people around. I was on the bottom of the, of the coaching education staff. That's probably been close to 30 years ago. It's interesting. You both mentioned uh, the late Dr. Fleck. I took the national youth license with Dr. Fleck, and it was one of the best courses I ever took for coaching six, eight, and 10-year-olds because the, the teacher, Tom Fleck, was an absolute master of that age group and that developmentally appropriate kind of content. So it's great that we all mentioned Dr. Fleck. Yeah. So I want to go back to Nancy and then again back to Shellis. I've had the honor of working with you both numerous times. We don't compensate very well for being coach educators and it's a week away and they're typically 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. days. I remember a few years ago, Shellis, you were between jobs, not feeling the most motivated coaching. It wasn't the best time in your career at that time. And you came and did a course and you said afterwards or during it, I'm so glad I came down to reconnect with people. So I know both of you like that environment. So, so Nancy, can you talk a little bit about the environment that a good coaching school can provide for the candidate and the instructor? I guess the environment is the reason I do it. Um, and the environment is that candidates that choose to come, 98% of them are not there just to get the piece of paper. They're, they're there for the learning. They're there because they're passionate about the game. They're there because they're passionate about making their players better. They're incredibly collegial. They're incredibly thankful and appreciative, grateful to um, have the opportunity to be in the environment. So, I mean, it's nothing, that's why I'm not a, nothing against physical education teachers. That's why I chose to coach as a career coach, not as a physical educator. I wanted to be surrounded by people, players in the case of being a coach at the college level that wanted to be there. And so what you get, when you get in these coaching courses, everybody wants to be there because they want to learn and they want to grow. And that, and, and, and you develop some wonderful relationships. And what motivates me is how eager the candidates are. And I just want to be able to support their growth. That's why I do it. And that's the type of, type of environment that, I, that NSCA and the United Soccer Coaches, I think, has done an unbelievable job of creating. It's not that the standards of that, that it's acceptable to just, you know, uh, have it be um, mediocre education. It's top-notch education. But that doesn't have to necessarily be um, at odds with that it's supportive and cooperative and uh, collegial. I don't think that those are mutually exclusive. And I think the United Soccer Coaches does a great job of having it be both. So Shellis, being with you at courses, when you were at SMU, now at Grand Canyon, also with, with Dallas and, and MLS Coach of the Year. And one of the things that always strikes me is a lot of the candidates are kind of in, in awe of the instructors and they find out about day two that, that you'll let them buy, buy you a beer or buy you a cup of coffee and you'll sit and have breakfast with them. So do you, can you talk a little bit about how much fun it is as an instructor to get in with the candidates as opposed to go play golf or go to your room and kind of ignore them? Yeah, sure. You know, I, I think I speak for Nancy as well. I look forward to, to, to coming down to the course. You know, I look forward to, to being with candidates and, of course, the staff. This is what we all do. We're the lucky ones. You know, we, we, we go to sleep thinking soccer. We wake up thinking soccer. And to do it your whole life. It's really amazing. 
So what, what ends up happening from my view is I'm prepared to teach the course and I want to do a, a great job. I don't want to do a good job. I want to do a great job. And, and I think that candidates respect the fact that we're prepared and we're doing a session for them. I think the candidates really are kind of surprised how open we are to them at all times. I mean, sitting down, having lunch with them, going out and having a cup of coffee with them, or them coming to your room, asking you things about the session. I think this is one of the greatest things about our, our association is that we are so friendly with the candidates. Without the candidates, we wouldn't be doing coaching education. And I think, uh, I think we do a fantastic job with the knowledge and information that we give to them. I always say to every person that's ever been in, in my course that we are connected for life. It's not just this course, it's for life. And I'm always available and I get emails and phone calls from people all the time. I'm sure like Nancy and you, you do as well. And I think that's important because, because they are the people that are learning from us. They will in turn teach others. I have a, I have a saying that we used to say a lot uh, in the earlier days. Coaching education is about making coaches better. That's what we do. Those coaches that we make better make their players better. And the final result is when, when those coaches teach their players how to, how to do the game better and those players perform, then our game is better. And, and, I, and I've lived with that idea the whole time, but I truly enjoy I make some of my better friends I've had in coaching courses. Mm -hmm. Now, I won't remember all of them, like, like you or Nancy won't remember them, but we're connected. And I'll say, where did, I, where, where did we teach? Or we did it at Sunrise, or we did it in uh, wherever, Texas, Trinity College, whatever it is. And I can kind of remember the event. And then, of course, there's some players, some people, some candidates you never forget. Yeah, there's certainly some candidates you never forget. So I was, I was thinking a little bit about before the show and then, and then listening to both of you talk. One of the things is you've got to be, and Nancy, I think, talked about it, that leap of faith to, to become a candidate because... Nancy identified that those that are there, they, they, they find a way to want to be there. But I think what I would share with, with the audience is you certainly come to learn, but I also think you come to affirm and confirm what you know and to also maybe reconsider what you think you know. So you sort of recalibrate the old idea that, that you come and you get taught that and you have to listen and then you have to perform the way that Shellis teach it teaches it all the way that Nancy does, that is not the case anymore. It's a much more organic um, experience. And I find, and I, I'm sure this is the case for you, Nancy and Shellis, that, that often I grow as a coach and as a coach educator when I'm on the courses. Nancy, do you have that, that kind of experience too? Absolutely. I, I think you said it really well. It's not so rigid. And I think the, the staff really looks at how are the players learning? Right. So when we're in the environment, what's the so and there's I think there's very many different ways. It does not have to be one way, my way or Shellis's way or your way, Ian. I think that we really get to the bottom of it of is learning taking place and uh, a coach's personality and for them to coach to their personality and to their strengths, just like we ask our players to play to their strengths and then kind of try to improve in areas that might be a little bit deficient, but always play to your strengths. I think that we treat it the same way with candidates at the coaching courses. And, and I think philosophically, that's my belief system. I think that's why a diverse staff helps to create 
the kind of um, environment that supports that ideal. If everybody looked the same and came from the very same background on the staff, I think it could be more, it could feel more rigid, like, oh, that's the model. That's the only way to do it. Um, and that's just not how it is with the United Soccer Coaches. Um, the other thing I just want to mention is I think that United Soccer Coaches has done an amazing job. And Ian, I compliment you and others in the national office on this. I think the, the programming has continued to evolve, to keep up. Uh, to be current, to always be looking at current practice and come up with new ways, both, you know, in person, um, remotely, different focuses, different um, specific environments where there's different themes. I just think you've got, it's, it's, it, it serves everybody. A member can find there's something for everybody. Yeah, that's, um, that's certainly my experience. Shellis, just briefly, what would you say to this observation that there's probably nowhere in the world where the candidate pool can be so diverse in terms of their experience, right? Because when you were in Brazil, probably very male dominated with a lot of semi-pro, pro type experience. But when we're doing the courses, you might have a grassroots coach of U11 boys and you might have an NWSL or a USL coach or a college coach. So that, that does challenge you as an instructor, right? Oh, absolutely. I think the diversity is excellent. We, we, you, you ask uh, Nancy a little bit about how many women were in a course when she took the course. I was on staff when April Heinrichs was the first female that we brought on the course. You know, and she became an instructor. Uh, what, a, what a great person to have there with the personality, the background. But the diversity is, you know, it's really interesting. Here with our association, we attract so many diverse uh, people in soccer. I mean, I've had people in my courses from China, from Japan, from Africa, countries in Africa, Ghana, Nigeria. And, and what I'm finding more recently, we're getting a whole bunch of people from Canada and they, they love our coaching courses. And I truly enjoy the relationships that we, we make with them. But, but on a sidebar, I think we enjoy each other's staff member. These are our friends. These are people. I, I, every course I go to, I learn something as well. I think back to, to my first coaching course and to where I am today, 30 years, I've never missed a coaching course. You know, I've, whenever I was asked to perform, I would always show up. I love them. Even when I was coaching the MLS, I had to take vacation days to be in Florida. So I think the diversity is fantastic. I, I love it when we get a South American person who it grows. You can see the person grow with our methodology. And um, because so much of uh, South America is, is you play soccer, so you coach soccer. You know, you don't get the education. So I think, I think uh, United Soccer Coaches is, is, in my opinion, one of the best in the world. Fantastic answer. We're going to take a break here as we're celebrating 80 years as an association with a big time focus on education. We are joined by two of the legends of the game, Shellis Hyman and Nancy Feldman and the longtime director of coaching education, Ian Barker. We'll be back with more with a focus on education and its history with the association after this message. College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org college. 
Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to segment two of this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap, the association celebrating 80 years. And as you've heard, we're talking about education and the history of coaching education within the association. And we have the perfect panel to do it. Ian Barker, Director of Coaching and Education for the association. Nancy Feldman, you heard her credentials. Shellis Heinemann, you heard his credentials. Let's turn it back to Ian Barker. Thank you, Dean. And welcome back, Nancy and Shellis. We're going to change up the direction a little bit, and we're going to talk about personal influences on us in the coach education space. So I'll share a couple before we turn it over to Shellis and then to Nancy. I think the first instructor I met as a candidate was Anson Dorrance, which was incredibly challenging because he was off the back of some, some World Cup wins and some national championships. And um, Anson kind of gets right in your face and asks some pretty pointed questions right away. So that was that was quite challenging. And then on my A license, Jay Miller was one of our instructors. He was my lead instructor. And he said something I'll always remember at the end of our A license. He said that, you know, when you get your certificate in the mail, if you, if you pass, my autograph, Jay Miller's name will be on it as your lead instructor. And he said that when you go out and you work, if you don't work professionally and well, you're reflecting poorly on me and all of the other people in your course, which I always thought was a, was a very powerful uh, sentiment. I'll just share this real quick with you guys because we've been able to work together about nine, 10 years with the NSCA United Soccer Coaches. When I came on to the staff after Jeff Tipping stepped down, I was kind of a relatively new kid on the block, was a little bit intimidated about working with so many good people. And I, I have to say a huge thank you to the late Tony DeChico, to Shellis, and to Bob Gansler because all three of those gentlemen were at the top of their games. They achieved so much in the game and they could have, <laughs> they could easily have really put me in my place, but they were extremely welcoming. And then there were people I already knew a little bit like Doug Williamson and Nancy and Janet Rayfield. So from my, my experience as a candidate through to an instructor, it's, all, it's always been about support. It's always been about somebody that was willing to metaphorically or physically put their arm around you and just say, you know, you're welcome you have a place here. So Shellis, who are some of the people that have kind of impacted you either instructor back or as a candidate? You know, for me, probably the person that had the greatest uh, effect on me as a coaching education was Mike Berticelli. Uh, Mike was very, very sharp. He had an unbelievable sense of humor. He, he was organized and he was a guy that really accepted you for what you were. Hey, you'll get better. I know when I did early sessions, you know, I wasn't so pleased with him, but he said, this will only get better. So he, he brought confidence into myself and, uh, and others. And uh, of course, one of my closest friends is Barry Gorman, who um, that I, Barry, Barry, through our coaching education time together, Barry and I travel the world watching games. We go to, you know, the World Cups, we go to the Euro Championships. We, we see the game in a very similar way. And I think that's what's the neat part about it is that we can we can both identify things on the field and uh, and, and and make make things better. Bob Gansler, you know, when the computer came around and we were putting things on computers, 
Bob would just show up with a, with a whiteboard and he had a computer mentality. The guy could tell you the lineup that he put on the field for whatever game you ask him for. Yeah, I, I looked at him as almost a soccer genius. Uh, one of the first course I did uh, in very, very hot, we were in, in Ohio, very humid, very hot. And Timo Lukowski was teaching. And we had nine people at that time for the advanced national. It was so hot, people canceled. And so, you know, I'm wondering how in the heck are we going to do an advanced national class course with nine people? And uh, Timo pulled it off. I mean, it was just like, it doesn't matter if we had 15 people, 20 people, uh, he was able to do it. And uh, you mentioned Tony DeChico. What a gentleman. What a, what a brilliant person he was. Tony was our goalkeeping specialist. So he would come in for two days of training in the course. And after the two days, players were beaten up because he, he, he absolutely worked them to the best of his ability physically and taught them. And that's how the goalkeeping course developed. So those, those are just a few of the people that really influenced me. And uh, as I said earlier, I enjoy going to the coaching courses to be with my pals. And I enjoy going to the conventions to be with my pals because it, we, we are all living the same, same lives for soccer people. You know, one of the nice things about the position I have is bringing new young staff in as well. So just a couple that come on top of my head, Nate Williams, who's in Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Development Academy, Samantha Snow from Georgia. It's really nice um, in the position I have to bring young people in who still get to work with yourself and Nancy and Janet and Doug Williamson and these people. And then there's that sort of transition. So that, that's a huge highlight for me, putting staffs together. Nancy, some influences on you? Yeah, I'll put them in a couple of different categories. I'll start with Peter Gooding. Peter uh, mostly has been, when I've been on staff, uh, the director of, of, a, of the, one of the courses. Um, so he isn't necessarily um, the coach on the field, the coach educator on the field, but he's sort of uh, the maestro. And um, what Peter does for, I think, both the candidates and for the staff is he makes everyone feel welcome. He makes everyone feel like they are um, part of the team. It's pretty significant um, how he does that because he does it. Sometimes he'll make fun a little bit, right? Um, but it, but it, but he he creates a a really great team environment and um, and that feeling of being welcome um, and being part of it and not being you know having any feeling of exclusion. I think is just has had a tremendous influence on my enjoyment of the course and feeling um, and building the relationships as Shella said with, with other staff members. And then there were these um, models that I looked at as instructors. Dave Sayward comes to mind. I mean, I, the, it, the way he puts a session together is masterful. I just feel it's so clear to me without being really strict and rigid. It's the, there's, it just build the, per, it just has the perfect tempo and buildup. And I just always, everything, everything I've watched him coach in the, in the coaching courses, like I can't even pick out one flaw in the way he presents it. And it's just the way he teaches is so clear. And I've always tried to look at that as sort of the measuring stick of, of how I might present something. And then I have to mention Chico Borjas. Chico, um, who passed away recently, I saw him do a shooting technical session with shooting in the national a few years back. Shells, I don't know if you've ever witnessed him do one of those. I'm telling you that, first of all, he, he's the demo. 
he was always the demo, <laughs> particularly in the shooting one. Never mind, you know, never the defending one, but the shooting one. And boy, did he make a mark on everyone there. He made that session so much fun and really hit home this idea that you don't have to hit everything with your laces. Here's how you power a shot with uh, the inside of your foot. And he could do it. And you're like, oh my God, I never considered that you could shoot the ball that hard without using your instep without using your laces. And I just remember the joy with which he presented it and how the candidates were all smiling and soaking up every word. He was, he was, a, he was a master in energy. And then there was um, a group of uh, two guys that um, really were my support team um, in my early years as I was growing in my coaching education uh, instructor development. Jeff Vanell and Doug Williamson, I counted on them so much. Jeff would be out at every session that I uh, taught and he would give me feedback after every session. And he didn't have to be out on the field, but, um, and sometimes I asked him and sometimes I didn't. And he would come over afterwards and he said, good job. And he would not give me feedback unless I said to him, hey, Jeff, do you have anything for me? He just was gonna be supportive because sometimes I did you know, a pretty good job and sometimes I did maybe a very good job and sometimes I did a like, okay job. And he would be ready for feedback if I asked him for feedback. He really took time out of his break time uh, at those courses to uh, sit on the sideline and watch my sessions. And then Doug Williamson, forever I was copying Doug Williamson sessions. Like, what'd you do this, Doug? What'd you do with this? And he would always share it. And lastly, I just have to mention a couple of the women that were mentors for me. Um, Laura Kerrigan, who doesn't really teach uh, courses anymore. She was fantastic. One of the early female instructors, Janet Rayfield, you mentioned, Ian. And, uh, and Sue Ryan, who didn't always do things the same as everybody else, um, which was also a great example of uh, she's a great leader and she's a great educator and she thinks a little bit more creatively than some. And just they, they all, um, those three women really kind of paved the way for, for me. I remember watching Sue do a session a long time ago, what the session was called situational play where she manipulates variables in the session. So you're two nil up with 10 minutes to go, or you've got 10 men and they've got 11. And I've, I've used those sessions and evolved them over many, many years. And all of the inspiration for that came from, from Sue. Another woman I need to mention, because we do need to celebrate not only the women candidates, but our instructor pool now is Janet Rayford. I remember working with Janet for many years. And one day I described her as one of the best female clinicians I'd ever seen. And then I was like, you're an idiot. She's one of the best clinicians, full stop. Janet Rayfield is a stud yep. um, in, in that space. So we've got time for one real quick answer for both of you to this. But I think we all love teaching the X's and O's. I don't think we, we probably have gone too far away from teaching techniques. So I think some of us want to get see more technique brought back into the courses. And we all love moving the sugar packets around and the salt and pepper shakers and doing tactics and lineups and four, four twos against three, five twos. But I think one of the strengths of us soccer coaching, education, the federation ourselves and other agencies is we've really added a lot of content around the X's and O's that a coach, a modern coach, be they grassroots high school, college pro needs. So Shellis, what are some of the extra or the new content or the, the things around the X's and O's that you like seeing at the courses? You know what? Uh, I'm doing a lot with analysis now. Uh, we, we use a, a program called Playmaker, and we spend a lot of time looking at uh, the amount of uh, distance cover, the speed cover, the recovery, 
so I, I use a lot of that, but quite honestly, that's my strength and conditioning coach. He's the one we, we meet daily on it, but he's the one that's guiding me through it. I remember when Dr. Uh, Colleen Hacker came on board and she brought psychology in. And, um, you know, I have to tell you, when I put myself back in those days, I really wasn't quite ready for the psychology session. You know, it was like, I know what I'm doing. You know, if the guy's BSing me, I know he's BSing me. I don't need to sugarcoat it, but I learned so much from her. And then of course, uh, we were fortunate to, to bring Bill Bezik in. And Bill Bezik uh, loves uh, United Soccer Coaches. And in fact, he comes quite often to our, our conventions. So those are the things that I think that we can bring in uh, that are brought in that, that are away from the X and O's and away from the soccer ball is dealing with the, with the, with the person in a whole manner. Yeah, I would add to that um, uh, team and player management, um, organizational management. I, 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 you, can, you can be the best coach of X's and O's. And if you are not paying attention to player or team management or managing up, you know, your, your administration, uh, or managing your staff, your assistant coaches, uh, you're doomed. And I think United Soccer Coaches with like the high school diploma, the college coach diploma, the director of coaching, some of the coaching trips I've had um, been really, really fortunate to be on like the Women's World Cup trips where um, it's a coaching certificate. But the amount of time we get to spend uh, with each other on those trips, loving watching the highest level, um, definitely talking about uh, tactics. But a lot of the conversations on the buses between uh, venues of watching games has to do with player and team management. I, I try to share, but I also learned so much from those dialogues, those uh, interactions, um, because it's really the crux of, of uh, running, running a good program, running, a, running your team. Yeah, that's, um, that's that, that, that entire, now the head coach, deep at the grassroots level, certainly through to, to major college and beyond, you do have to manage an entire program, be it the sports information department. Uh, maybe it's the parents if you're a grassroots coach, but you, you've got more management uh, responsibilities than sometimes people realize. So I'm going to turn it back to Dean, but just a quick plug. I'm very proud and grateful to Vince Gansberg and Deb Raber, Paul Marco, uh, Brandon Silver and Steve Ryan for helping us pivot in the early days of the pandemic to putting the National Advanced National Premier courses into a blended format a lot of online synchronous and asynchronous learning, and then hopefully seeing everybody safely sometime hopefully later this year. We're very active in these, these blended courses, and we've had the opportunity to put content in like psychology, diversity, inclusion, organizational management, psychology, because it's all it's available to us in this format. And I'll just give a quick shout out to a colleague from Massachusetts, Sarah McQuaid. One of the things we've been doing this week with our candidates on the courses, and we have about 400, is the whole study of reflective practice. So reflecting on your performance, maybe videoing yourself as a coach, and then also how we ask questions of our athletes, how we sometimes ask closed questions and we use a command style, and other times how we use different interpersonal uh, communication styles. So there's, there's some wonderful content out there that, that we're providing, that US Soccer's providing, and that you can find. So I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, that Nancy, myself, and Shellis encourage everybody out there to, to keep learning, be it on a formal course or be it dropping in on webinars, because the game will grow if we as coaches grow and, and help our players grow. So thank you, everybody, for attending. Nancy and Shellis, always gracious with your time. 
because you both have playoff games this week for your for your uh, conferences. So thank you both. And Dean, over to you. All right, Nancy and Shellis, uh, one of my favorite memories as a broadcaster is calling games at Boston U and then Shellis calling SMU at South Carolina against Mark Burson, who I think, like you, are wrapping up brilliant careers this year. So cheers to the two of you and uh, reminding me how special all of your work has been. And thanks for all you do for the association. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And Ian, you're not done as you have two more special guests coming up. Yes, Dean. So I'm looking forward to the next segment with my colleague, Chris Hughes. And we're going to be talking to Brianna Welch. And we're going to be talking about athlete-centered coaching. All right. That's Ian Barker. And there'll be more Ian Barker after this message. Stay with us. This is Dean Linky again, and I wanted to take a moment to salute all of the great people that made this year's United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention such a great success. I had the great honor of serving as one of the hosts, and it was one of the best weeks in soccer I've ever had. With that, while the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention might be over, you can still get involved as we're just getting started. You can still register to receive access to all session recordings and the digital convention platform. Chat with your soccer coaching community and take in top level presentations from coaches around the globe, all at your own convenience. To register and receive access, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. That's right, you can still register for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention and have access to all of the amazing presentations. I hope you can take advantage of the special offer. And again, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to our third and final segment of this week's show. I am Dean Linky once again, handing over the keys to Ian Barker, the Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches. Okay, Dean, thank you for the introduction. I've got a couple of introductions to make myself. So first of all, I'd like to welcome my fairly new colleague, the College Programs Officer for United Soccer Coaches, Trish Hughes. Trish, hi, how are you doing today? Hi, Ian, very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Trish and I are gonna chat with somebody that was introduced to me by my colleague, Sarah McQuaid. So I'd like to introduce Brianna Welsh, who represents her own educational program, Coaching the Whole Athlete. Brianna, welcome. Thank you for having me. Let's start off, Brianna, just so the audience get a little bit of a sense of you. So can you tell us a little bit about your athletic background? I've actually been a long, long time athlete. I've been running probably since I was five or six years old, but played every sport you could think of up until about middle school, high school years. But I really um, jumped into running because my mom had been a, a division one athlete at Arizona State. I ran in high school. I was an All-American in high school. And then I went on to compete at Duke University where I captained there. And then after running for Duke, I actually ran post-collegiately with Central Park Track Club. And to this day, I'm competing. I actually have a race coming up next weekend. <laughs> but alongside being an athlete, I actually sort of moved into more of a mentor leadership role and started coaching at the University of Vermont while I was completing my graduate degree um, in educational leadership. So I've coached on the division one level and I also had coached 
coached um, on the high school level and sort of all of those experiences and also what I was doing in my research during my grad school um, really evolved into my practice now, which I work with both coaches and athletes on their development. So that's where coaching the whole athlete came out of. So athlete, continuing to be an athlete, but then also <laughs> branching into the coaching. That's sort of a, a pretty typical progression for a lot of us. So before we get into the real, the real detail of the program, do you want to give us sort of a, a general overview of what coaching the whole athlete is about? Definitely. So it's an eight-week fully virtual coach development program, and the central focus is really to equip coaches with uh, the foundational knowledge, the tools, and the skills of a humanistic and a holistic um, coaching approach to better support the needs of the whole athlete. And so what we'll probably go into later is just, we focus on the different elements of creating an empowering athletic climate, and also just how that coach-athlete relationship really informs the athletic culture and community, and then your athlete outcomes. So yeah, we're looking at improving outcomes on the field as well as off the field. Brianna, if you will, talk to me a little bit about what brought you to this particular specialty and the evolution of, of this program and based on your experiences that you just shared with us. Definitely. And I, I know I've said before, I try to keep it short, but I do want to point out sort of two sides of who I am because I'm not just the athlete and coach. I also have my, my education side, but um, a huge part of it was definitely my experience as an athlete um, because I was so invested in the sport very early. Um, I think I definitely experienced um, being a runner as my identity and that's everything that I was. And this sort of became even more prevalent when I got to college and I started to really learn about identity foreclosure. And um, that's a huge thing in sports, especially in college and elite level sports. And so that's when we, we don't really um, get into understanding the athlete outside of who they are on the field. And so in college, I started to work with my um, team members as a captain to really see like, who are they outside of running, um, what are their needs outside of running? And I really just became this person that I think was invested in developing them and understanding them outside of the sport. And then that really tied into sort of what I was doing in the classroom. So I'm a public policy, that's my background. And I was really invested in understanding how can we create more positive learning environments, both informal and formal, to support our students, support our athletes in thriving. Um, and that's really based in the, the values and norms we're reinforcing. And so moving into my graduate degree, I was focusing on social emotional learning and adopting a more student-centered approach. And it just really came to me as I'm coaching, as I'm researching and learning these two different things, athletics and education, I'm like, this is exactly what needs to be applied to education in athletics and education for coaching. If we really want to tap into our athletes' intrinsic drive, if we want to understand their why and have them be really engaged in what they're doing and feel supported and cared for, um, we, knew, we do need to take this athlete-centered approach. And so as I was evolving it um, in my own practice, I was also researching and developing ways to create a program that this could be shared with other coaches because it's still, it's very new. One thing I want to point out is these ideas of social emotional learning the last couple of decades, athlete-centered coaching, probably the last 10 years, and programs are really just getting started. If you look at the United Center, um, the USOPC, um, they just started with the quality coaching framework, which very much focuses on taking an athlete-centered approach and emphasizing the interpersonal and the interpersonal. And so 
we're just starting to see that what it takes to be a quality coach and an effective coach and have um, improved outcomes for your athletes is really shifting. And so I wanted to take what I knew and what I had learned as an athlete and coach and be able to create something that could be a great resource for other coaches. And Brianna, if I may, as we talk about in the, the world of college coaches, creating a student-centered experience, mm-hmm. and we've had a great opportunity, Ian and I, to spend time with you understanding the, the focus of your work. Can you talk to us a little bit about what this course would like and walk us a little bit through the program, please? So what it would look like in terms of how we'd be engaging with coaches is what you're saying. So I think it's a very unique course because as we're moving into this like virtual space with COVID, it is fully virtual, but we very much are um, interactive and really engaging with the coaches. They are two hour courses, but the ones we've already had, the coaches say it flies by because we're engaging in things like breakout discussion groups. We do case studies throughout. Sometimes we do video observation, but really what I think is important about this course is that it's learner centered. And so we are trying to mirror as facilitators, what we want our coaches to mirror with their athletes. So I am very personalized with my, uh, the coaches that I'm working with. I do one-on-one conversations with them, uh, both pre and post program. We have coaching journals that they're engaging in this reflective practice through the eight weeks. And I'm also sort of commenting and providing feedback throughout the eight weeks to continue that individualized approach. And I'd say what I really appreciate about the course and what I hope coaches appreciate is that we don't just give you the theory, say athlete-centered coaching or self-determination. We really take it to how does this really connect to my experience with my athletes and my team. And then what are the concrete things I can bring to my team to integrate this? So we don't just leave you with the concept and then you're like, okay, what do I do with this? We take it the full course so that once you, once you leave the course, or even once you're still in it, you're able to bring it back to your teams and really evolve your practice. So Brianna, we obviously, Trish and I have had the luxury of looking at the whole program and we're going to collaborate the group of us. You're going to put on one of these, um, one of your programs for United Soccer Coach members and they can access it and be together. And then we're going to offer a special topics diploma at the end of it. So can you talk a little bit about when the coaches can be looking for that and talk a little bit about synchronous, asynchronous, virtual learning and how long the program, do I have to be on every day for eight weeks? Can you tell me a little bit about that? I think we were planning on um, hopefully getting the program started up Uh, around mid-June with United Soccer Coaches and having that be an eight-week progression. Um, And so it is fully online every time we meet. Um, It's a two-hour course. We do have work outside of the course, which I've sort of touched on before, uh, in your coaching journals that really help to facilitate that reflective coaching. So it's pre-workshop. We're doing things such as uh, readings or videos that you're sort of bringing back to your own practice. And then post-workshop, reflecting on everything that we've sort of discussed and how are we going to tie that into the next workshop and the next chunk of content. So that's how it would progress. And like I said, I, we do the pre and post conversations and we also do a coaching assessment, both pre and post. So we're looking at things like, where do you stand in terms of transformational leadership? Are you more transactional in your approach? And then we see at the end where you stand. We will go into the different elements of athlete-centered coaching. Are you implementing these with your athletes? Um, how are you implementing them? And sort of measuring that at the end as well. So we, we really give 
you the feedback piece, the, the knowledge, the reflection. We sort of try to cover all bases for your development. And we are also very coach driven. So if you come in and you really want to get a lot of the course, it's really going to be dictated by how much you want to invest in the course. And we want to make sure that we're, we're tailoring it to your needs and ensuring that you get the most out of it. So people can find the course. I know Brianna's working on the registration links, but you can find the course at coachingtheholeathlete.com. That's all one word, coachingtheholeathlete.com. And if you're interested, especially in that high school, youth high school and, and college community, you can also reach Trish and myself at United Soccer Coaches and we can connect you to Brianna. One of our colleagues, Kim Sutton from Chico State, is going to be taking a course with Brianna, I think in a couple, just in a few days. So that'll be kind of a, a beta for us. Trish, I'm sure you can allude to the fact that as a, as a former college coach, but I'm sure you and I were similar, so busy about wins and losses that sometimes we lost sight of the athlete. And so something like this would have been quite useful to have when I was a college coach, I think. What do you think? Certainly. I think uh, it's a different time nowadays. I think we, uh, while we're all committed to our, you know, our leadership and passion on the field, I think if we're, we're truly invested, we have to be ensuring that we are caring to the needs and finding the best ways in which to reach our student-athletes, not only in terms of their um, competitive output, but how can we help them prepare in terms of big games coming up or balancing life in general with uh, the role of athletics, academics, and just their own personal story and the, being just being a great support system for them in all facets of their life. So I think it's a great program. I think it's very meaningful for the care and well-being of our student-athletes, which I think for any coaches is our utmost importance. So. I agree. I think the more experienced you get, the more you come to realize that coaching the whole athlete is your job, not just coaching the, the soccer player and the technical tactical. Brianna, obviously, people that come to your program, it's a, it's a good commitment of time. It's a lot of good content. So you've already probably got some pretty enthusiastic learners, but to kind of help us wrap it up now as we as we look to turn it back to Dean, how would you like to people to think about what the potential outcomes could be for them? What, what are some of the things they might get and then be able to go and apply? That's a very good question because it's sort of twofold. Like when I think about the program, I think about what their athletes are going to get out of it, but it's also at the heart of it. It's a professional development course for coaches. So for coaches, I think they're going to be able to develop this reflective coaching practice to sort of, you have these eight weeks with me, but you're going to be able to take this and continually evolve your practice through the things that we learn, the tools that we sort of go through, whether that's evolving your emotional intelligence, becoming a more transformational leader, or learning how to provide more effective feedback. So there's the coach's outcomes, but ultimately with the athlete outcomes, what we really see with an athlete-centered approach is when you are taking a more individualized approach with your athletes when you're engaging the whole person, when you're invested in them and understanding their why, not only are you going to be developing these life skills and building greater connection with them and trust, but when an athlete is more engaged, when they're more committed, you're going to have better outcomes on the field. So what's great about this is you're not only involving them in their, in their life trajectory and really setting them up to develop a more positive sense of self, but you're going to see the outcomes. And so you don't even need to be focusing on the technical to get those, those wins, <laughs> get the numbers. So we don't talk a lot about the X and O's and it's not about the skill and the tactical, but you will see that those are the results you'll get if you're really invested in the person. So the program, again, if, if you're looking for it and specifically the one that's going to be with United Soccer Coach members, so it's going to be more of a soccer cohort. So there might be some things there. 
The website's coachingtheholeathlete.com. And again, if you can't find Brianna through her website, Brianna Welch, you can contact Trish and I and we'll, we'll make the connection. And Trish and I really believe that be it our youth coaches, be it our high school and college coaches, and possibly some of, some of our listeners that are in the professional realms, this could be a really interesting and, and quite unique new offering, uh, educational offering, and we're happy to support it with a, an additional special topics diploma from United Soccer Coaches. So Brianna, thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you very much. Trish, thank you for writing Shotgun on this one. We appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. And now we will head back to the esteemable Dean Linky for the rest of the show. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Tris. Thank you, Brianna. We also want to thank Nancy and Shellis. want to thank Sean Chevrolet for helping us put this show together. I want to thank Bailey Conklin, and we want to thank our great producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, our great members of United Soccer Coaches, I'm Dean Linky. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.